Welcome everyone to Ian Hates Conversations. My special guest tonight is Anand Masaj Sage. Wow. <laughs> I am so bad at saying his name. <laughs> so when you say it faster, I believe it's supposed to sound like Anonymous Message Sage. But it's four distinct names. Anon, Mess, Age, Sage. There we go. Okay. So besides that being different, this whole conversation is different because the music Anon makes is not really my style of music. This is actually the first time I've ever had anyone on the show like that. But after conversing with him, I knew he'd be a good person to speak with. Anon has a lot to talk about. So without further ado, here's a sample of a track called Follow Mix. And here's Anon Message Sage. Enjoy. everyone. I am very happy because tonight my special guest is Anon Mess Age Sage. Now that is a long name, but we're going to shorten it right now to Anon. Anon, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing spectacular. Thank you very much. No problem, man. Now, this is going to be a lot different than a lot of the conversations I've had on Ian Hates Conversations. Let's start right now. We just had a little talk off air I know you did a show tonight and got in a fight, and it's not even really 8.30 p.m. yet. That is correct. Uh, somebody, you know, um, you can never really predict, you know. You can never really predict life, and, you know, and uh, I did get in a fight tonight. Somebody, uh, <laughs> somebody, somebody tried to put their hands on me, oh. but I proved to be stronger, and uh, let's just say that, my, you know, I'm stronger. <laughs> Was that at the show? Was it during, after, before? Did it have anything in conjunction with it? Or was it something completely different? Well, I was I was doing my documentary. We I got a whole bunch of people there, and I was trying to film this documentary. Mm -hmm. And the one guy, he, the one guy who was renting out the place to us, he got, I don't know, I, he just got pissed for some reason i have zero idea why he got pissed but i was just doing i was just you know recording right and uh yeah he got mad and then he told me to go and i said what's up what's up why why are you acting like this and then eventually he put his hands on me and then i put my hands on him and uh let's just say that uh, i got the best of him i'm stronger than him right uh, <laughs> and that's basically what happened and uh yeah yeah so now is there going to be any repercussion like all of a sudden, while we're recording this, are there going to be police sirens? You know, is any does he know who you are? Uh, well, 
Yeah, I mean, I have zero idea. I mean, he probably does, but I mean, he was the one that initiated it. So, you know, I just really defended myself and I just proved that uh, basically just don't, you know, you don't, you don't put your hands on somebody for no reason like he did. So, very true. So, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. He started it. All right, there we go. All right, we got to the bottom of it. It's just, I think that was the thing that I latched on to right away when we were talking off air is it's so early in the night that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Show. I know. Well, I did. I did a show early. I did a show. I, I did a show at it started at actually five. I just wanted to record some extra um, some extra, you know, details for this documentary that I'm trying to put out right. on me on myself. And uh, yeah, and uh, we, we wanted to record some live footage, which I did. And uh, yeah, I mean, some guy just put his hands on me and uh, he started it. And uh so I mean that's 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 his problem. It's not mine. He put his hands on me, and I just defended myself. Understood. Now tell us, and I mean not only me, but tell the entire audience. So what is this doc besides being about yourself? What does that actually mean? The documentary? Yeah. What does it mean to be making a documentary about yourself? Is it focusing on the music? Is it focusing on your life? How are you putting it all together? Well. The music, my life, and how I see the world, it's really all the same to me. So, like, the music, the weird music I make, which is very different from uh, you know, a lot of different music. It's totally different. Let's just say it's a totally different music style. <laughs> and I, te- I, I, I make the music that I like to hear. Like, I love my own music. I love to listen to my own music. It's really creepy. It's really weird. But I love it. I totally love it. And I make what I want to hear, and the music is a reflection of my life, which is a reflection of my crazy life in many different ways, and uh, and my outlook on life. Yep. And it all comes together, and it's just, you know, it's totally beautiful. And, uh, you know, if anyone wants to hear something totally different, someone wants to broaden their minds and, you know, ex- expand their minds a little bit and uh, open themselves up to, you know, uh, you know, whatever what you know new things or whatever just you know definitely check me out and um i i'm i don't make music per se for anybody else but really myself i mean of course i want to reach a lot of people but i love like i actually do love the music i make because it's exactly what i want to hear that nobody else is making right and i think that's where i was going with it too because first of all that is great i think if any artist is making music that they don't like they're in the wrong business. So that's Correct. number one, obviously. The second part Correct, is, though, yeah. who inspires you then? Because it is such a different style. I don't think I've ever heard anything that's even similar to that. So where do your influences come from? Well, that's a good question, Ian. Um, my influences, you know, when I was a kid, I grew up with stuff like Marilyn Manson, Nine Inch Nails, stuff like that. Sure. Um, but I also had, when I got a little bit older, I had my foot in the door with like, um, you know, I started getting into like the experimental industrial stuff and the black metal. And I started experimenting with all these weird different music styles mm-hmm. and, and, and eventually I got into noise and I just, I just opened, I went through a period or a few years where I basically just opened myself up to all these different weird music styles, like all, like all the crazy music you could possibly think of. And I opened myself up to all these different styles. And eventually you, you take Marilyn Manson, you take Nine Inch Nails, you take all these weird underground music 
and you even take a lot of the pop music. I was I was interested in a lot of pop music. I, I still am. Like mm-hmm. I love I do love pop music. I, I keep my I keep in touch with uh, a lot of pop music and um I think pop is great and I think I think a lot of the time I think increasingly more you see a lot of pop music which is becoming you see a lot more shall we say uh, underground influences in the pop music lately sure. like if you look at pop music you'll see like a lot of dark influences coming into pop music and i think it's really interesting so it, it looks like the underground is influencing even pop music more and so i i'm basically i i just i'm a fan of sound music i love it all and that basically created from a musical perspective and on the stage stage like i it all came from all these different influences all like all these different influences, every music genre, every weird thing you can imagine, it came together perfectly and created the recipe of anonymous eight sage. That's how it came together. I see. Okay. So when I went ahead and I listened to a bunch of your stuff, for me, it's not like I, I'm trying to relate it to the audience who might not have been able to hear anything yet, you know, at this time. So when I'm trying to describe it, it's difficult because when I talk normally about a band that I like in general and you hear about, oh, well, they mix pop punk with easy core and metal core and they, you know, they make this agglomeration. I can mm-hmm. hear a ton of different influences for you for sure, but it doesn't come out the same way as you can like point out, OK, this came from here. This came from here. There's a lot of different things going on in your music in general. There totally is, and like it really comes down to, I guess, all the in all the musical influences that I've ever had, plus all the, it's like I said earlier, it's a reflection of my life and my life experiences. So chaotic, and, and it really, it's totally its own thing. Mm-hmm. And in the next few years, you're really gonna see a lot. Of, I guarantee you, Ian, you're gonna see a lot of people mimicking me. Okay. And right. it's going to become like a new thing because that's how that's how music genres really start. But for me, I guess you could, say, you know, I'm not trying to be like uh, I'm not trying to be like get get a big head or anything. But uh, it, it's almost like I'm a pioneer. Uh, like I'm 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 tapping on something new, something totally new. And it seems like it's slowly picking up and it's going to I feel like it's going to pick up in, in in the next few years. And a lot of people are going to pick up on it and uh, kind of expand the sound. So we shall see. Yeah, we shall see. But for sure. And I mean, obviously, you're behind what you're doing. And I see people interact with you as well. It's not like I mean, this would be underground in a way. But you talk about having a record deal. You've got this documentary coming out. You know, we're talking about everything that you're doing now. I don't want to be naive. When I listen to the music, are there any instruments in it? <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, I do. Um, I did a lot of the mu- I did a lot of the instruments myself, including guitar. But I played the guitar in a totally like a totally different way. Right. Right. Okay. And then, so I I, I played the guitar in a totally different way. But then I went back and I remixed the guitar and I added all these effects into the guitar. So I played the guitar in a totally new way. Mm-hmm. And then I went back and then I and I redid the guitar. So I I remastered the guitar. So there's so yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of instruments. All the instruments are there. But I go back. I went back into the inch. Uh, first of all, I played all the instruments in a totally like you, when you think of a guitar player it's a totally different way of playing the guitar 
but I went back into playing the guitar in a totally different new way. And then I, I kind of, then I, I remastered it all yep. and I made it so, I made it so different that it, it, it's, it sounds otherworldly. Like you don't even like, it almost doesn't even sound like instruments, but it sounds, it sounds, I don't know. It sounds, it sounds captivating. It, you know, I make, I like, you know, I'm very big into beats. Like I, so, I like people to dance. I, I'm, I'm into people, you know, women, girls dancing, you know, all that stuff. Sure. But, uh, you know, I, I'm very much into rhythm and, and beats and all that stuff. But uh, I played all the instruments in a totally, totally different way. Uh, at least I haven't seen, I've never seen anyone play the instruments like I have before. Maybe in a few years, people will start to uh, pick up on what I've done, though. So obviously you can't tell everything about what you were doing with the instruments. But my question then is when you play them, when you say you play them differently, does that mean that you have like classical training or that you have training, you can play the guitar, but you tried something different and then you went in and remastered? I mean, are you a guitar player in the normal sense, let's say? Definitely not in the normal sense. I totally picked up the guitar and I played, um, you know, most people will go and get guitar lessons. See, I didn't have, when I, 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 I started out, I didn't have a band. I didn't have a band. I just had a lot of energy. I had a lot of things to say. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't, I was young at the time when I, when I was, you know, when I was first trying to do this in the baby steps, when in the infantile steps, I was, you know, I was trying to put it all together. You know, when I was trying to, like, I, I was too young to even get into clubs. I was too oh, young sure. to even get into clubs. And I wanted, I had all this passion. I had all this energy. I was too young to even get into clubs. The only way for me to get into clubs was for me to get a fake ID. <laughs> so I had to, I had to totally, I didn't even have a band. Right. I didn't even have a band. I, I learned everything what felt right to me. Okay. So like things would come to me, the guitar, I would play however it felt right to me, but however felt right to me was totally different from the normal style of playing guitar. Like I'm not, you know, I, you know, I definitely am not playing the guitar in a traditional sense at all. And I haven't really played the guitar since I've been making these demos, which I'm trying to um, incorporate these demos into the translate these demos into the actual uh, studio LP and uh, of my record deal. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, that does make sense. I, I totally get it. And that's why I asked the question in the beginning, because I obviously did not think that that was the quote-unquote normal way. But now, when you're writing, do you know lyrics first? Do you know the guitar part that you want first, and then you remaster? Or how do you normally go about doing it? Well, see, when I first made the first demos, I just wanted to get something out of me. Uh, a friend of mine who I haven't spoken to in a while, but he he's a very good friend. And if it weren't for him, I wouldn't be doing any of this. You probably wouldn't even be talking to me right now because ah. this guy, he believed in me. He believed in all my crazy ideas, as wacky as they are. And he <laughs> said, I believe in you. If you put your mind to it, you can do anything you want to do. And he said that to me mm -hmm. and that, that kind of like lit a fire under my ass. And that made me want to really pursue everything that I was doing. And because before then I had always wanted to be this big rock star, famous rock star guy. I always wanted to be that, but I didn't know how to do it. Like I said, I was young. Mm -hmm. I was too young to get into the clubs. I didn't have a band. Right. I met this guy over the internet and just some guy over the internet 
who I had known for a while. I he was like an internet pen pal, and we had talked for like about a year and a half, two years. And he he believed in what I was doing, and that was all it took. It just took you know the belief mm -hmm. of somebody else like that, of someone I trusted, and he came to me and said, I said. You know, if I want, I, I see all these pop stars, man, I could totally be like that. Why can't I be like that? I could totally be more successful than these guys, these pop stars. Why can't I be like that? And he said, you can, you can. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can. I can. I totally can. And um, that's how it started. That's when I really started to get the self-confidence. And then it all grew from there. And then I went to Chicago to meet this guy. And then we became friends. And then we we got this in the baby steps. And then mm -hmm. it all it, it all grew from there. It all grew from that belief. But prior to that, Ian, I didn't know how to I didn't know how to take what I believed and I didn't know how to put it into the world, especially such a crazy new genre which I specialize in such a crazy new style of music, something that's totally new. I didn't know. I didn't know how to put it in. I didn't know how it fit into the world. I couldn't even get into club. I was, I was too young to right. get into a club. I was 19. Uh, I didn't know how to do any of this, but when he, when he believed in me, that really put a lot of stuff in stone for me. And it really gave me the self-confidence that I needed. I mean, that's a really interesting story because first of all, it's great because if anything, from the time we first started talking, I've known you had a lot of self-belief. And you work your ass off, it seems. Like, you've got your shit together, and you make a name for yourself. And that's really great. My question to you, though, is that story is so completely different from anything that I normally hear. So that guy wasn't a family member. That was someone that, how did you guys end up talking? Was he in the music industry? No, actually, I met him. We... I used to play this game. I used to play this game and he was my friend on this game and I had known him for years. Okay. I had known right. him for years and ever since then I saw I had stopped playing the game but he was still such a close friend of mine. He was he became very close to me and I trusted the things that he would say to me. He would not, you know, he would he would really talk to me as a friend. And he was from he was from another state and I didn't I had not met him in the flesh at that time. Right. But he was such, you know, he was such a good friend and I trusted everything that he said to me. And if if it weren't for him, if it weren't for him, I don't know if I would be doing anonymous AIDS age. I didn't know I don't know if I would have the courage to do anonymous age. I age stage i don't know if any of this would have come together at all but yes i i mean i i, I do have a lot of self-belief but i don't know if any of this would have come together without him without his influence because he believed in me at a time when nobody else did mm -hmm. and i felt stuck because i had always wanted to be like i said I, I had always wanted to be this big roster i would always wanted to be this guy i always wanted to do all these great things and i know a lot of these ideas are crazy but i didn't i didn't have I, first of all, I didn't know how to put them into the practical sense, into the real world. Right. And in two, number two, I, I also didn't have the self, you know, courage. I didn't have the self belief. Right. 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 Until I met this guy and he, until he put the belief into me. And then ever since then, then anonymous age really came to life. Prior to that, I had, I mean, if you go back to when I was 19 years old, you will see stuff like message. Right. I had wrote, like I wrote down a lot of concepts and you will see names like message. I had the name message. All these ideas mm -hmm. were formulating in my head 
but I didn't really, you know, they were formulating. I had, the, they were jotted down in, you know, in, in thoughts and, and I wrote them all down in, in, in notebooks and stuff like this, but they didn't really come together until I had, until this guy had basically believe, uh, you know, had belief in me. Right. And then when he believed in me, then I started to totally believe in myself and I've believed in myself ever since. That's awesome. So, and the only reason why I'm focusing on this is because you don't often hear it, but what about friends and family? Were they not behind you? Well, friends and family. Well, I mean, he, he was probably my best friend at the time because he really inspired me in a way that no one else had. And, and and he inspired me because he believed in what I was doing. He he believed in my crazy ideas because I would just talk to him. I would just I would just send him messages about what I was you know about thoughts in my head and and, and what was going on and, and how I felt about the world and all these things that I wanted to say. And he said, just basically put all this stuff to the music. Put all the you know put all your concepts to the music. Yeah, which is what I wanted to do. I always wanted to do that, but um, it wasn't really until his belief in me that I started actually doing it as for family. Uh, yeah. Family, they didn't really know exactly what I was trying to do. Okay. And, uh, they, 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 they believe in me now. They, uh, okay. they, 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 um, they support me now, but, but it's only since I really started getting super confident about what I've been doing, that they've been behind me 100%. All right. So the self-belief, the confidence comes first. Now, after you have that, how did you decide or how did you figure out the right ways to remaster the instruments that you play? Well, I had went to Chicago. I had gone to Chicago and I started and I, I met my friend at this time. I went to go live with my friends and uh, his wife. Actually, I, I moved in with him and we wow. started making music. Okay. Just me, just me and my friend and um, or my bandmate at the time. We started making the music and I started basically he didn't he had not played a musical instrument ever okay and he was basically just there as a sort of you know to uh like uh basically to uh get behind the music but he would he would you know get behind the music but he was he had really not played the music before but i was just putting it all together in my own way mm -hmm. and then i went to go get a i had went to go get a put it together through a um uh what do you call it i i i had put all my money towards going out and putting it all towards um getting it all remastered in a studio with a oh, guy okay and then but when i went to the studio i i didn't like how it was you know it didn't represent me he i uh, and i paid him all i paid him a lot of money mm -hmm. about a thousand dollars basically by the time i was done with all of it yeah i i had put a lot of money so basically i put all my money into all of everything i do i live it all i breathe it all i am i am anonymous age 24 7 i have to be it's what i have to do and so i went to the studio cost me about a thousand dollars and but it still didn't it didn't sit right with me then i started getting into the sound production myself and i started learning about the sound production and then i started wow. making it come together in my own way right. in a way that i had not imagined before so i actually i undertake a lot so i i get behind the promoting it the booking the music the sound production all uh, most of the instruments 
I, I basically am behind all of everything behind the whole music. I, I, I really put, I, I work all of my being into the music, 100%, mm-hmm. 1,000%. Right. So you go out there, and that's what I was kind of getting at, is you're very self-taught on all you're doing, but you're doing something that is very new and different, especially for me to hear. I'm sure people out there listening, it's probably pretty new for them as well. So you go out to Chicago, you meet this guy who's your friend who you met online playing video games. Now, when (laughs) you go, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, this is a crazy part of a story for me because I'm assuming you're over the age of 19 by this time. You move out to Chicago to live with him and his wife, and he joins your band. And you guys make music together while you're living together. That story just right there is so well, totally Well, yeah, that story different. right there, it writes itself, right? It writes itself. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's very, it to- very interesting. Yeah, so- it totally writes itself. And it's I was, at the time, I was miserable. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of, uh, I had a lot of things to say. Absolutely zero idea how I was going to say them. Right. If it weren't for my friend, I don't know. I mean, I've always had anonymous aid sage has always been inside me. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know how to bring it to life. I had zero idea how to bring it to life. Right. Zero idea. So I had to really go outside of myself totally, basically do or die. Because I mean, that was one of the that was a huge challenge in my life for me to go from, you know, from one place of security to living with basically some guy I had met over the internet right? and in yeah. living with his wife in a totally different state. Exactly. Totally different state. Mm-hmm. So that took a lot of courage on my part, but I, I realized that it was part of, it was nest. It was part of the process to bring an Amasage to life because I wouldn't, I mean, I think back on those times and I'm so happy about those times because it really helped me formulate the ideas. Right. of how I was going to really bring it together and how I was going to get it all together. And now I'm doing, now I'm doing a lot of stuff together and I couldn't have imagined this, you know, a few years ago, I c- right. totally could not have imagined this. I, I didn't know the first thing about bringing this together and now, but if it weren't for my friend, I, I would have had no idea. I right. would have had zero idea. Yeah. And it seems like you needed that experience. Yeah. Like you said, to bring, that character out to bring what you needed to become out. So right. I totally get that. Now, did you guys have some type of falling out? Because you did mention that you don't talk anymore. And obviously I'm guessing he's no longer part of what you're doing. So was there, yeah, some type of falling out or anything? Well, he had what well, he has, I guess, chronicle, um, chronic depression. He has like severe uh. depression issues. And, um, I think he had taken medication for it and it had basically see I'm when you when you light the fire under my ass I go when you light the fire under my ass I'm extremely ambitious and I I will stop at nothing to accomplish my goals I will do whatever it takes to accomplish my goals no matter how inconvenient it may be for myself I will do whatever it takes that's just my kind of character and uh, I I'm that kind of high performance guy And I think perhaps I think all the 
re- when I was talking to him before, I was talking to him about well, what happens if we get super famous? What happens if we get like really successful? What happens if there's a lot of spotlight on us? Mm-hmm. And he never had he had never gotten to that point with me, but he we were getting to a point where we were having to perform at a higher level. And I think all the stress got to him, and I don't think that he was able to handle it. Ah, did you guys ever perform live together? We did. When I was in Chicago, we did we did all the we did some local Chicago gigs, and we actually even opened up and for some band at the House of Blues. We didn't we didn't we we didn't uh, headline the House of Blues, but right. we we did open up for some Chicago band at the House of Blues in Chicago, which is you know House of Blues. That's a good venue. Yeah. Uh, no, I know it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so we had done that, and uh, but he, my my sense of work is very unorthodox, sure. and it it can catch people off guard. And but besides that, we I had taken him from one level to a higher level, and I think the stress had gone to him because uh, I mean the stress gets to me, right? The stress gets to me even. I mean, there's there's I mean I'm always swamped. There's always so much going on with me, but I I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, I'm so happy doing to have all these opportunities that I do have. So, right. I mean, even this, even this interview is, 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 is an amazing opportunity. So I, well, I do you. thank you for that. No, I thank you for, you know, telling me about your life and everything. I mean, it's very, very interesting for sure. So you talk about, you talk about doing that opening spot, house of blues, Chicago. I also looked up some information on you and was it true that you opened up for the band flaw when they were playing in Pennsylvania? Yeah, that actually is true. So you have done your homework. I try. <laughs> I try the best I can. Well, tell me about that because I mean, technically, flaw would be in the realm of types and styles of music that we talk about on the show. So that seems like a really crazy different opening act, you know, to go into their music. What was that like for you? Well, Flaw, actually, Flaw was my first show. Diesel Club Lounge, which is a good venue in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. That was February 2017 when I basically was basically putting all of Anonymous HH together by myself at this point. Yeah. In Pe- I had moved back to Pens- Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at this point, mm-hmm. and I was putting Anonymous HH together at this point. And Flaw was my first show back in, it was my absolute first show back in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I opened up for Flaw and Flaw. I had met them backstage. They were very nice guys. And uh, that was, that was, that was, that was, well, I mean, that was my first real show in Pittsburgh. So that was, that was definitely a very memorable experience for me. I totally, I remember that night more than anything. Totally. Yes. It was, it was very nice and they were very nice guys. Oh, good. All right. So now, Going back to that first experience, so I'm assuming you're by yourself doing that one? Yeah, by this time, I had moved back to Pittsburgh, and mm-hmm. I was doing an Amis Age by myself at this time, yes. Okay, so that has to be, I mean, I, I hear about comedians talking about the first time they ever really got upstage by themselves and did things. I mean, obviously, many, many bands that I've had on the show talk about their first experience. You're doing such a different style of music how did that go over with the crowd well it went over pretty well because i have even though it's very unorthodox and it's totally a different style of music i do have a high level of energy and i can i can get the crowd on my side just based on the energy alone good okay and that's usually if i'm going with a new crowd 
who has no idea of what what to expect i usually win them over with my energy you know i have uh, i have i have a good sense of uh, showmanship i can get the crowd over just based on the energy and in, in engaging them nice okay so a lot of jumping around a lot of getting people involved right right it's totally it's totally directed to the to the audience um uh, I, I I bring the audience to life. I, I want to make sure that everybody is there and everybody's having. I, I want to make sure that everybody is feeling what I'm feeling, even if it's a craziness at the time, which usually is. Right. So, do you have any of those, you know, first time stories where things didn't go well for you? Oh yeah, I mean, I, believe me, I've had some. I've had some awkward situations on stage. Sure. I'm not gonna lie, I've had some awkward situations before. Um, but you know it's uh usually when i was starting out i didn't really know how to engage the audience as much i guess i was uh, i had belief in myself but i didn't know really how to engage the audience mm-hmm. like my first i remember doing a show i forget i opened up for another um i think you would say pop punk band oh okay but i forget their name um it's not it's not coming to me right now, the name, but that was a very awkward show, but it was a nice venue, but um, they didn't know how to take me, and I didn't know really how to engage the audience at this time, but the audience, they had, they had this was the most awkward show I've ever done, they had got me to come to the show basically last minute, they just needed an opener, this is when I was basically just starting out in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and it was very awkward because they had called me at the last minute and there were very few people at the show. There were like a few people at the show. So it was very awkward. Uh, Um, so that was, that was an awkward situation, but I was trying at this time, I was basically just bringing an almost age age together in, in Pittsburgh. But, uh, I mean, there were like, there were like five, 10 people at the show and there were very few and they were there to see this pop punk act and they had no idea what to expect from me right (laughs) they had zero idea what to expect from me so that was a very awkward show but yeah i mean um when things go wrong or crazy that that fuels me more than anything right i mean that really fuels me more than anything i love the chaos i love when things go wrong i love the craziness i mean that's that it gets you alive and it and makes you want to do better in the future so i i absolutely love when there's always something i mean because you can never predict how a show's going to go anyway right so i love i love the chaos i anticipate the chaos and i work well with i've learned to work well within the chaos and make and use it to my advantage good now i know you're also pretty artistic you know when you oh, look totally, at yeah. yeah you look at what you put out when you tweet you know what you put out on facebook and everything in between you know even you know the images you use for your tracks for when you're putting out music so do you incorporate that now with the live shows that you do? Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, when I do a live show, I make sure that the crowd is feeling um, like all the creepy music and all the creepy music videos that I use. I, I, I really, I try to bring the, the. I try to do a, a mul- I like to call it a multimedia onslaught. I like to get the music, you know, all the sounds, the media, all the, you know, the videos, um, still images uh all these things yeah uh I, I i try to really create an effect on the audience and i really try to move the audience if i can move the audience which i do 
then I'm happy. Like if I can really move them and have them like really push them and really get them and energize them, then I'm, I'm extremely happy. And uh, yeah, so I use all these things to my advantage, including the videos. So I do take videos out on stage. I do use the videos out on stage. Mm -hmm. I uh, still images I use on stage. I use a whole bunch of different things on it, plus props and all these different things I use on stage. Now, is it still you by yourself? Well, yes and no. I have a lot of people who do come out on me. I have dancers. It it really depends on the show and it depends on it it depends on uh the show, but it's pro it's pro it's me doing most of the work, but I do I mean I do have my own cronies, so to speak, <laughs> and I do have my own people who I will get to play backup instruments or to do or or to be used as some kind of stage prop or be a part of the show in some kind of, you know, oftentimes I like to use people as like a prop and be a part of the show in a theatrical sense. Like I'm very sure. big on the theatrics. Right. Right. And I kind of got that feeling, you know, not being able to see you live yet, but I kind of got the feeling that's something you would do. So you actually do have, though, people playing live instruments during your show. Yes, I do, but I like to use I like I tend to use most of the instruments myself and most of the time I use people I use them as some kind of proper to do some kind be a part of the show in some other way ah, to okay. you know to really to draw attention and like I'm very big on the theatrics like I said and yeah. any way that I can use somebody to be a part you know, to bring the, the stage energy alive, then I would totally do that. And uh, I, I, I use people in, in a whole bunch of weird ways in conjunction with the videos and, and all these other things. Just to, just to create a creepy atmosphere. I'm all about creepy atmospheres. I love creepy <laughs> atmospheres, and I love to bring that apart on stage. So it's almost like you would want to do like a one-man show. Well, yes. I mean, uh, so far, basically, yes. Um, I'm getting to the point where, I mean, I, I have so many responsibilities. I'm getting to the point where I'm going to, I'm going to need a huge, I'm going to need like a lot more people on the stage though. Uh, and that's where I'm getting to next. That's the next point in the evolution of an on the stage stage. I need not just people to play the instruments, but I need a lot more people on the stage to really bring more and bring more and more of it alive. Like I want to do. Interesting. So you already have that completely like mapped out in your head almost. Yes. Well, you know, it's, um, it's really weird because, well, I had to do a lot of this all by myself. Like I was forced it's really weird how it all happened, but I had to do, I had to rely on myself for basically 90% of Nama Sage Sage. I had to, besides, you know, besides my friend inspiring me in the very beginning, I had brought, you know, in terms of promoting it, booking it, like I, I basically do all of it. Right. And I have come to the point where I've, I've been doing all of it and all of it and all of it, but I need more and more people to, share some of the load because there's i mean i i'm getting very i'm getting extremely busy and one man can't really do all of it himself oh, perfectly yeah. so right so i i'm getting to the point where i'm gonna i'm going to need like a huge army of anonymous aid sage to really bring more more and more and more of it together and the more and more famous i get 
the more and more easier it will get to find people to really help bring my vision alive to true. the wider masses. Right. That is true. And hence, you know, getting a record label, hence putting out a documentary. So that way you'll get more. I mean, being on the show, it's more attention. It's more people that get to hear your story. It's more people that might really enjoy the different direction that you're taking in your stylized music. So, yeah, that all totally makes sense. Oh, yes, totally. I mean, it's it. There, yes, I'm uh, I'm putting out this documentary and um, I'm doing it to promote myself and um, really uh, it's called Welcome to My World. Mm -hmm. And it really, it really personifies me and the craziness in my head, and and in in the craziness that I try to bring to the music, and all the weirdness I try to bring to the music, and it really represents me in a beautiful way. I mean, it is my story, and it's like a surrealist mockumentary almost. Like if you saw, uh, like it's almost like this is Spinal Tap sure. meets Ed Wood oh, meets wow. a horror movie. Right. Meets okay. you know, it's like it's all these things. It's like you know it's like it's like tommy wiseau meets <laughs> this is spinal tap meets you know uh, ed wood meets yeah. a horror movies all these different things together and it's it's my head right. it's like all these different crazy elements together and i'm i just want to i want to bring together the craziness that i i feel in my head that i try to bring into the music and that i i you know and, but you know there's a lot of craziness in the music but at the end of the day there's a really positive message and all this stuff if you really get down to it mm -hmm. uh, because at the end of the day i just want people to be comfortable with being themselves i want people to be individuals i want people to be happy i want people to have a good self-esteem right. and these are all things i want for myself so i just um i want i want to bring this alive to all the people right um so that i mean we we can say uh, we could talk about all the craziness of the music but really I just use all this craziness to shock people out of their system so that they can think about things themselves and they can actually question their own beliefs about things so that maybe they can have a stronger conviction of what they do believe and be a stronger individual. I want people to be, I want people to have a strong self-esteem. I want people to be happy and I want people to basically do what they want to do. Just like I want to do what I want to do. Right. Yeah. And I think if people were to follow you on Twitter, they would see definitely, I mean, look, when we started talking, like, I was surprised at the way you spoke to me because I wasn't expecting it. You know what I mean? I was like, is this a character? Does this guy believe what he's <laughs> saying? Like, I was like, where's this guy coming from? Well, it's all those things. It's a character. It's a persona. But it is me and it's not me. It's exaggerated. <laughs> it's, it's not exaggerated. Right. I, I exaggerate a lot of the stuff I say, but a lot of the stuff, it, it's all real. It's all real. But it's it's it, it's all exaggerated, too. It's It's all a character. It's all persona. But it's totally me. Right. It's totally me. It's 100% my personality, and I'm bringing it to life with an Almas Age stage. And Almas Age stage is my, it's 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 like the deepest part of myself, and I'm bringing it together and I'm bringing it alive. Everything I do, all these documentaries, all these shows that I do, everything I do, it brings an it bring it's my it's if you get to the core of who I am as a person, that's an Almas Age stage, and I'm bringing it alive. Right. And uh, everything I do is that. And it, it's a very beautiful thing. It's very therapeutic. I don't need a therapy. I don't need therapy. I don't need to see a therapist or anything. I <laughs> right. mean, it is my therapy. I mean, it's me bringing, it's me bringing everything about myself, all the craziness to the real world. And that's my message to people is bring your craziness to the real world in a productive way. Like make, make your shit work for you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's my message to to people. Be, be an individual. 
Right. Bring bring your insanity to the real world and have it work for you and do it in a productive way and uh, be happy and have a high self-esteem and accomplish goals and do great things. And uh, yeah, so I use all these creepy imagery, but it's really just to shock people out of their system to right. get them to question who they are. No, for sure. And I totally get the whole, you know, quote unquote, shocking part for sure, because that's the type, you know, you get attention. And that makes sense yeah. because that's what you're going for right now. So I have to bring up something that I hope you'll laugh at because, like I said, I like to do my research. <laughs> do you know about the Christian forum that has a whole <laughs> section on you? Yeah, yeah, I do. I know okay. about all those crazy things. Yep. Now, let me, I have to ask you straight up though. Did you or one of your friends or someone who knows you, did they or did you do this or is this an actual person? Uh, the, the messages on the Christian forum. Yeah. The, the main one that says are like, basically, are you the antichrist? No, that wasn't me. Okay. But, but I do have, I have real, and this is 100% God to, uh, you know, 100% to God truth Mm -hmm. is that I have, or the devil, whatever you believe, (laughs) whatever God you believe, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, I have, this is 100% the truth. I have real, 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 real bad stalker issues. Like I have, and it's mostly, it's girls. It's not guys or anything, but it's okay. it's women. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they do make, they, they stalk me in weird ways and they do a whole bunch of weird stuff. And I try not to pay attention to any of that negativity. I haven't, you know, I have enough people um, talking shit against me in, in their own oh. way. Okay. And I don't and I don't really try to pay attention to all the craziness, devil worship stuff that they say and all this stuff. Uh but I do have severe stalker issues with a lot of these women. A lot of the a lot, a lot I guess you could call them groupies. Ma- many of them are like online groupies, but still, they're groupies nonetheless. Well, wait, so well then how are they portraying things? So when I asked about that specific thing, does that mean that they use satanic and stuff to like put people off of you or to also yeah, continue the yeah, shopping? Yeah, 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 yeah. They some of them do that. Some of them they get mad that I mean, I guess like with any other girl, but with me it's a little different because I'm in a kind of weird situation with the whole, all the music and the rock star stuff and all this stuff. And I, I think, I think women really get attracted to that idea. And I think I play it up a little bit sure. and I try to attract women just like any, just like anybody else, I guess, who's in this business. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, yeah, so there's definitely a lot of stuff that they come out to, um, you know, I guess defame me in some ah, ways, but okay. I think, I think that defamation helps me in some ways because it builds on the persona that, I kind of create. Right. Yeah. And that's where I was going with that as well. So do you ever meet these, you know, stalkerish people in person? Um, so far, so far, not so much, not so much yet. Um, I have a lot of women who are close to me who are like, I'm friends with around, Mm -hmm. you know, if I tour in in, uh, Pittsburgh or if I go to other you know, because I have a whole bunch of Facebook accounts. So if I go to uh, like Chicago or something, there are a whole bunch of people who will expect me in certain places. Right. Sure. And, uh, 
yeah, they'll they'll expect me, but they won't really stalk me like some of the women have online, which is I'm not even tooting my own horn or bragging anything because <laughs> so. there's really nothing to brag about because it's actually become quite problematic to the oh. point where I almost want to get a restraining order against some of these women wow. because they won't leave me alone. <laughs> they really won't leave me alone. And I'm not lying. Uh, but yeah, I, I totally I attract uh, crazy women like, uh, <laughs> you know, like like some kind of trap or something. I don't know. They just flock to me. They just flock to me um, in, in weird ways, like, uh, you know, fly fly on shit or something. I don't know. Wow. All right. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at with that. That's very interesting. That is very <laughs> it's interesting. true. It's 100% true. I'm not lying. Oh, no, no. And I'm not even, believe me, not even accusing you of lying. I was wondering if that, like, negative, you know, quote, unquote, negative publicity that you see on something like that. I mean, come on. You talk about being, you know, influenced by Marilyn Manson and Nine Inch Nails. One of the greatest things that happened to them were people boycotting their music, for people calling them. I mean, Marilyn Manson totally went into that whole, you know, Antichrist superstar. And it worked for him because people had something to rebel against, right? Yeah, totally. 100% Ian. And uh, I've actually increasing, I've had shows, I've actually had shows canceled a few times, uh, basically on the controversiality of even tweets, like people will see my tweets and they'll mm -hmm. cancel. Sometimes they'll cancel local shows. If I do a show in Pittsburgh or something, they'll actually cancel a show wow. in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, based on tweets or something or anything that's seemingly controversial that they don't like, even though I'm not a political person at all. I don't take sides. I'm not a Trump supporter. <laughs> I'm not a Hillary supporter. I support all people. People. And I, I basically I want to bring the human spirit alive and basically every human being. I'm not a political person and I've never been a political person. Right. But though sometimes people, you know, people take things out of context. And yes, people have actually um, definitely people have definitely canceled shows a few like at least two or three shows of mine recently. Wow. Um, in, in the past few in the past year, actually, they've canceled my shows around here. Now, does that make any like local news or do people talk about it and you have to oh yeah know, man back? oh totally okay. totally you bet you bet yeah i i'm quite the talk of the town around here <laughs> a lot of people know me a lot of people have good things to say about me a lot of people have bad things to say about me and uh, you can't control that i don't really care what they say about me as long as they talk about me i guess yeah and i guess but my message is positive. Well, my message is a positive message. Yeah. But I guess now I will say this, you know, I'm always very honest and open on the show. I initially, based on listening to your music, I would not have guessed that your message is positive. Hearing you speak tonight. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But hearing you speak and getting to know you, which I hope everyone who's listening is, I can tell for sure that you're a genuine person who believes in himself and you probably do want to bring people together with your music. I can hear that when I'm speaking to you, but when I listen to the music, I'm not sure that's what I'm getting. Yeah, you uh there's a whole you know, you know, there's a whole like doctor uh you know, what what is it? Jekyll, uh, Mr. Hyde. Doctor uh you know, Mr. Hyde and what is it? I I'm forgetting right now. I'm drawing a blank. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Dr. Jekyll, there you go. Thank yeah, you. No worries. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. There's a total Dr. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. The uh, that's basically the whole point of the music is, uh, you know, there's this there's this ambiguous element. You don't really know what you're hearing or what you're experiencing, but the whole point of it is to make make you question your beliefs and who you are, and have a stronger conviction in yourself. 
So I definitely do play on the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde influence 100%. Right. But just like the world is crazy, the world is the world is insane. Yeah. Just like the individual is insane, people are going mad. You see all this political nonsense, people are going crazy. True. And um it it goes 100% with with the individual, with the, with the world at large. It's like the uh, it's like the comparison of the individual to the world at large. The individual's crazy because the world's crazy. I mean, there's a whole bunch of crazy shit going on always. Absolutely. So let me make sure that I covered covered a lot, at least, because I'm sure you've got plenty more. But you've got a record deal coming out, correct? Mm-hmm. You've got the documentary coming out. And I'm assuming the documentary is probably coming out way before the album, correct? Oh, yeah. The album is going to be here about... Well, I'm planning... I did a I did a I did a pretty good interview with um, disinfo.com which is a pretty good publication they're pretty known mm-hmm. disinfo.com and uh, that was a pretty good publication I was very very pleased with that interview and um, my 20 I said in that interview that my 2020 album is basically going to be the uh, like we were talking about Marilyn Manson mm-hmm. and he Marilyn Manson came alive he he became like this boogeyman of America, right? With the album Antichrist Superstore in my 2020 album. When I'm planning this album so far in the future, because I know it's going to shake up a lot of shit. It's gonna by the time I get to that point, it's going to really, really cause a lot of chaos. Just like the album, which I was most influenced by as a kid, right. Antichrist Superstar. So that's that's my that's my whole plan with this 2020 album is just like I when I when I came across Marilyn Manson when I was a kid, it blew my world apart. And if I could do that to a kid, right, just like I was as a kid, I mean, there's there's no better gift. If you ask me, there's no better gift. Hey, look, I remember the first time I ever saw Manson live. I've seen him probably I think it's around 15 times now. So I completely understand that is, if anything. That's an amazing goal that you have right there because, yeah, I mean, he's world shattering for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. I, I saw I stumbled upon in an FYE when I was maybe four or five years old. I saw the cover of Portrait of an American Family. I saw the uh, the, the cover of Portrait of an American Family at FYE. Mm-hmm. And I kept coming back to the aisle to peek at it because it scared the shit out of my little head. Right. I kept coming back to peek at it because it scared me so bad. But I, it was like a train wreck. I couldn't look away. I had to keep coming back to look at the album. And what do you know? What do you know? Now I, now here I am making the album that I want to be having the effect on the kids that I had an effect on me when I was a kid. Right. That's my goal. That is exactly my goal. If I could do that and replicate that in, a, in an extremely successful way, in which I will, then I will be more than pleased, and I and I will accomplish that because that is exactly what I want to do. That is very cool, man. Well, look, we talked a lot of music. We talked a lot about what you're doing. Now, you mentioned a couple times, and if you know my show, you know I have a few of them, and one of the things I like to do as well is talk about things outside of music that inspire you a little bit that you're into. And I'm assuming, based on what you've talked about before, you know, with the kind of creepiness slash weirdness of the music that you're creating, are you a horror movie fan? Is that something that you like? Oh, well, just like uh, just like I was a kid and I stumbled upon Marilyn Manson in an FYE mm-hmm. record store, I, w- I had stumbled upon in my neighbor's 
I had went to my neighbors and I had when I when I was the same age, four or five, I had stumbled upon Chucky movies ah. and and uh, Michael Myers movies, Halloween movies. Okay, I had stumbled upon these movies at such a young age, and they have definitely. I mean, of course, they have played a huge role in my in, in the recipe of an anonymous age. Age they have definitely helped create who I am now for sure. I was obsessed with these movies as a child for sure. Right. So now. Let me focus in on one of those right now because I love those too, and I started at a very young age as well. So, well, Chucky, I, Chucky was my first love. If I would be one hundred percent, no, I totally get it. But you did mention Halloween. Now, did you see the new oh, yeah. trailer for the new revamp? Um, actually, I I think I have heard. You know, I I tend to keep away from like the media and the news, even oh, okay, uh, because it, it's always so negative, and I don't like to really pay attention to it. But yeah, I did actually. I do think I have actually heard about a new Michael Myers movie, and it's not made by Rob Zombie, right? Right. Not made by Rob Zombie. I believe they have. It wasn't Rodriguez. Wait, who? Oh man, that's gonna kill me. Someone, someone out there is yelling at their podcast listening device right now as they're listening to this. I forget. It's the original director is coming back, and for some reason, his name is you know it's just slipping my mind. But yeah, I, I know who you're talking about, and it's, and it's uh, I feel like an idiot for for forgetting about it, but I know who you're talking about. It's so dumb, and I, it's okay though. We've been talking for a while, and I'm sure just like he's the guy. We we forget his name. We he's the, he's the, he's the man behind the whole series. Yeah, and I know I'm sure where you are right now, it's just as hot as it is right now in my studio. So that's probably why we're not thinking correctly. But anyways, in this movie, they're going to basically say that none of the sequels matter. And that this is going to take place. This is the sequel to the original. Well, that's, you know, that's great. That's beautiful. Actually, Michael Mars is a, is a beautiful character because he reminds me of myself in many ways. I mean, here's a guy who's he's extremely strong. He's, uh, you know, he, he's locked up in a mental hospital, you know, and I, I totally play in the whole mental hospital theme. Yes. 100 percent. Mm hmm. And I, I can totally relate to the character of Michael Myers because he's a guy who he, he wears a mask. He, he wants to be anonymous. He wants to do all these things. He wants to be anonymous. He's locked up in a mental hospital, losing his mind. And uh, I think that's why I was always attracted to the character of Michael Myers, even when I was a kid, because even when I was young, I think I, I, I picked up on that even a little bit, I think. Now, hopefully you didn't have any siblings, right? No, I do, actually. Oh, see, I was going for the joke there that you would want to kill them. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, perhaps over the years, yes. Sometimes jokes don't work. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but to be quite honest, I think that is a great place to stop, though, because I've never heard anyone in my entire life compare themselves to Michael Myers. I think that's awesome. So, oh, yeah, I mean, Michael Myers, I can see how I mean, I could see how a whole bunch of people snap. And, you know, that's really the whole point of an ominous age age. Don't snap. Don't snap. Get involved. You know, like all oh, you see all these school shooters like, no, take all those kids and, and actually put them to something constructive so they don't actually have to shoot up a school. Like get those kids in something productive. That's my message. No, no, I, I totally get it. All right, man. Like I said, I think that is a great place to end for tonight. I know you're hot. I'm hot. We've been doing this for a while, and I really enjoyed that conversation. It was a lot different than a lot of the ones that I've had before, for sure. So I will have links in the description of the episode so that everyone can go find out everything you're doing. You know, follow the craziness that is you. But for right now, what is the best way for people to support you? 
Uh, basically, my favorite way to engage people actually is Twitter. I think Twitter is a great medium for me to connect with people, new fans, new followers, people who are interested in the crazy things I say. Is the Twitter is definitely the best way. They could also follow the Facebook. There's a whole bunch of ways, but uh, Twitter, you know, Twitter is basically the best way um, that I engage people and I let mm-hmm. them know all the new things that I'm up to and all the cool things that I'm I'm doing. And uh, Twitter is basically if they follow the Twitter, then they they basically know everything because I post everything that I'm doing on Twitter. Sounds good, man. And like I said, I will definitely have that link there. So, man, thank you so much for doing this. This was, like I said, a lot different, but I had a really fun time speaking with you. And hopefully we can do this again in the future. Oh, yeah, it was spectacular. Sure. If you ever want to do it again in the future, I would definitely have no problems doing that. It would it would uh, totally be fun again. I, I had a lot of fun myself. Uh, yeah. Anytime that you want to do it again in the future, I'd totally be up to it. And uh, I did. I, I had a lot of fun myself because uh, I was going through a lot of my personal story, which right. led me, you know, to be to create all the things that I do now and be where I'm going now. And it really helped me. Um, get a get a good grasp on all the things that uh, led you know the recipe of the Lama Sage Sage. Awesome man. All right. Well once again, thank you so much and I hope you have a great night. You as well, Ian. Thank you very much and thank you for the opportunity. I totally will uh, repay you, I promise. I will pay you uh repay you more than uh, you can imagine. Thank you. No worries man. What'd you think? That was a follow teaser right there. I told you this was going to be a little bit different, but I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed how different it was. Like I said in the conversation, I didn't know what to think about Anon, but I really enjoyed his stories and he's got a great positive message, which is pretty damn cool. Big thanks to Anon for coming on the show, of course. I know he's very busy and it was really cool to catch up with him. Don't forget that his documentary, Welcome to My World, comes out very soon, and you can listen to more of his music and follow everything he does 
by clicking the links in the description of the episode. Also, if you liked what you heard, you can follow the other links in the description of the episode to support me, Ian Hates. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Obviously, your support means a lot to me. We're going to end with another sample. This is Lovely Safety. And I will leave you, the way I always do, long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.